one. We're going to be in the same one for um, some time. And uh, so bring them back, but I'll continue to make more. Anybody who doesn't have one, need one. Wonderful. Let's start again in Proverbs 15. So open your Bibles there. Many of the verses, because we're jumping from chapter to chapter, um, I have put in the outline, but let's uh, anchor our soul for the minute. Back in Proverbs 15, and just remind us of a couple of these uh, truths that are sort of our anchor points. I'm going to look at Proverbs 15, 2 through 4, and then verse 7. We're looking at God's ideals in communication. God has said so much in his word, and he lays it, he lays it forth for us. He lays it forth in, in such a way that we might be wise about what we say. We might be God-glorifying by what we say. And, um, and we need this, don't we? I mean, if, if we're all honest, we, we, we need this um, desperately. Uh, I read this um, quote. It was attached to a, a mime, and it made me chuckle as I thought about how very much I need to teach this because I am immersed in it. And then that helped sanctify me in thinking sin's common to all of my brothers and sisters in the Abundant Life class. And the, and the quote went something like this. Some things are better left unsaid, which I generally realize right after I have said them. Yes? And, and that's why we need this. Um, and that's, that's just the way we are. And we need God to, uh, to grow us. Uh, in these uh, in these different areas, and so that's what we're looking at, and that's why we're looking at. It. You look here at Proverbs 15, and verse two says, "The tongue of the wise makes knowledge acceptable, or it actually brings uh, a healing." Um, verse three says, "The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the good and the evil." The Lord hears every word. We're going to give an account for every word. We've talked about that. He knows when our words come from pure motives, and they edify and lift up, and they're the truth. And he also knows when it's the complete opposite to that. There isn't anything that we've ever said or we've ever thought that the Lord doesn't, doesn't know about that. Verse 4 says, a smooth tongue is a, is a tree of life, or a smoothing tongue, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. What do we say in um, Proverbs 18? Life and death are in the power of the tongue. And words matter. What we, what we say has an amazing impact on, on other people and, and, and literally on ourselves. Look at verse 7. The lips of the wise spread knowledge, but the hearts of fools are not so. And see, all the way through... Um, Proverbs, Proverbs are couplets. Proverbs is part of wisdom, poetry, and it's, and it's set in contrasts. And so we're looking at the contrast between uh, wise words and unwise words, uh, godly words and sinful words. And, and, and so we're, gonna, we're looking at those two contrasts. And I, I started with the, with the tough stuff first to plow through it, and hopefully we'll, we'll finish it today. I know it's not fun. I mean, it was just a glorious thing last week looking at deceitful words and, and, and lying and um, 
and where that all can lead to. And I don't know about you, but ever since I started studying that, and as I walk through the week, it's like every time I open my mouth, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, now, was that colored? Was that exactly true? Did I leave something out? Was it somehow, was I deceptive? What were my motives? Were they pure? Did you have any of that happen going on in your heart? That's the purpose of the word. We want to be people. Did Jesus Christ ever say anything that was tainted at all? with impure motives or words? No. He is the what? The way, the truth, and the life. We want to be like him. But we fall short, don't we? So it's just a good reminder. Words matter. And obviously, we don't want to have deceitful words. And so we, we looked at that, and we saw how dangerous that can be and where it leads. And, and it's not repented from. And our minds are not renewed. It, it, it can lead all the way to the pits of hell. We look there in Revelation. All liars. If that's the lot of your life, if that's the norm of your life, something is very wrong. The Spirit of God may well not be in there. So I I beg you, I plead with you, come and get help. Don't run and hide from that. No, let it be exposed to the truth. and Let's sit down and let's, let's work through that because that is an enormously important area, and that's an enormously red flag if that is something that um, grips you and is a, is a besetting sin. So that's where we were last week, and we're now moving on to something so much easier. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, but they do go downhill, and they, they do seem to, to flow and connect to each other, because from deceitful words, we're going to go to number two on your handout, gossip and slanderous words. Proverbs 20.19 says, He who goes about as a slanderer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with a gossip. We're going to see here, there's a a connection, it's almost the same thing, a slanderer and a a gossiper. There is is a difference, and and we'll look at that. A slanderer, that, that word, some of your translations may have, Tailbearer. It's the same word. It just happens to be translated different in some uh, of your manuscript of some of your translations. But it's somebody who's telling a tale, uh, a, a slander. Uh, Proverbs eleven thirteen eight says, "He who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets." Um, somebody coined it the fine art of a slander, um, and. It can come about in so many ways. I, I chuckle every time uh, I read it. Winston Churchill was, a, was a, you know, known to be um, a genius at public speaking and in politics, as you know. And uh, you, you tell me whether you think this would qualify as, a, as Proverbs uh, in slander. Um, he had a political appointment uh, opponent one time, and, and he called out his name, and he said... Uh, Mr. So-and-so is um, a very modest man. So there is the compliment, right? He's a very modest man who has much to be modest about. So there's the fine art of slander, right? Um, so it, it, it can come about in so many different ways. Um, perhaps in our circles, if we're not careful, um, slander and um, and even gossip or tail-bearing can come about in the form of a, a prayer request. 
Why are you sharing that prayer request? Why did you share it with that person? How, how, did, you, how did you slant that? Um, uh, those uh, things are something that the Spirit of God wants us to be careful for. But what is this slander? I put down there, something may be true, but it's when it's spread to hurt or out of context to deceive or shared in an unhelpful way, it falls into the area of slander. I mean, it could be true. And, you know, I wasn't smart enough to sit down and think ahead of time of what I might use as an example, but, um, I mean, this is, a, this is a crazy one. I'm probably really sticking my foot in my mouth now with too many words. That's the last one we'll just set. But, you know, somebody sees me um, coming out of uh, the, um, the wine and the beer section of, of Kroger's, right? And they notice that I've got something uh, in the bag when I walk out. Well, was it true that I was in that section? Well, if they saw me there, yes, it was true. Is it true that they saw that I had something in the bag? Yes, that's true. Does that mean I'm a drunkard? Does, does that mean that, that there is anything sinful about that whatsoever? But that could be shared, that truth could be shared in such a way to ruin my reputation. That would be slandered. You understand? Can you see that? How easy that could be? It could be completely out of context. Yes, it could be uh, cooking wine for my, for my wife or, or, or whatever. May not even may not even have bought anything. Okay, so I'm not trying to open another bag of worms there. So let's hold the illustration right tight to where it is. That's why I was trying to think, what one do I use? But it's so easy if we're not careful. What's the motive in a person's heart that would ever say that? If I see a brother or a sister and there's something questionable and I'm really concerned about them, who would I speak to about that? Them. Amen. I'd speak to them and them alone about that. I wouldn't share prayer requests. You better pray for Miss Judy because I think she might be married to a drunkard because I saw him come out of Kroger's with a bottle, and I'm pretty sure it was booze. Now, I'm making you laugh, but I'm telling you underneath, if we're not careful, we all could fall to that in principle. In principle. And so there's a very important area. You notice down there under B, gossip. The gossip actually means open lips. If you went back into the World War I and then into the World War II years, that, those generations, my parents and my grandparents' generations, uh, there was a saying, loose lips sink ships. Too much blabbing, the enemy gets the secrets. Just keep your mouth shut. Gossip is just somebody who's always talking about stuff they don't need to be talking about. And again, it's coming out of a out of impure motives of the heart and almost always connected to this whole idea of passing on, I have down there, passing on information to entice, to allure, to flatter, to make people think important about me. Well, I heard him say, or I heard her say, because in your mind, him or her is somebody of importance. And so if you can associate with somebody important, it sort of lifts you up, and so you, you gossip about that. It's just so easy to fall into, into those traps. Gossip's ear pollution. Don't listen to it and stop it from spreading. Gossip and slander flow from the evil in a person's heart. Its aim is destruction, and it's usually accompanied with 
self-promotion. These traits are associated with lying and deception as well. They most always go together, and you'd, you'd be able to see them. Um, look at Proverbs 10. I just want to show you that connection. Proverbs 10 and verse 18. Note, I'm saying that deception, lying lips, and, and pride, they, they all go together with this whole idea of slander or gossip. So look here in 10.18. He who conceals hatred has lying lips. Okay, so there's, a, there's, a, there's evil in this heart. Are God's people to hate? Other than sin, no. We're, we're not to hate. So there's, there's, there's a definite problem in the heart. Here's a hater. And what comes out of a hating heart? What's it say next? And he who spreads slander is a fool. So this, this deception, this deception going on, this evil in the heart, spreads slander, and the person that does that is a fool. Um, you, you see the, the connection there quite clearly. Look at Proverbs 18. Proverbs 18 and verse 7. A fool's mouth is his ruin, and his lips are the snare of his soul. Again, see the strong connection between heart and mouth. Now look at verse 8. The words of a whisperer. Okay, the, the whisperer is here, this, the same word as tail bearer. Uh, other words that are associated in, in many of your translations would be backbiter or murmur. All the same Hebrew word or associated with those same word groups. So the words of this whisperer are like dainty morsels. They go down into the innermost part of the body. So this, this ruin, this ruined person, this ruined soul takes these words and he whispers them like in secret. Don't tell anybody else. As soon as somebody comes to you and says, don't tell anybody else, you probably, don't, you probably want to stop them right there. Okay? You probably want to stop them right there. If I can't tell anybody else, it's probably better you don't tell me. Amen? As soon as somebody says to me, don't tell anybody else, not your wife, I look at them and say, well, the first thing I'm going to do is go home and tell Judy. And, it, and it's amazing the look I get when they say that. Listen, don't tell Pastor Farrell, but what, wait a minute. I want you to know, whatever you're just getting ready to say to me, I will tell Pastor Farrell. And in fact, I may take you to him or bring him to you. Now, what were you going to say? It's amazing how much help that is to that person. But that takes some courage to do that. But should we be doing that? Should we be handling the truth that way, one with another? You know we should. I should. Do we always do that? No. No, we don't. I don't always do it, you don't always do it, but we want to, right? And so that's why we, we teach these things. We're, we're reminded how careful um, we have to be. And so we see this here, slander and gossip throw, flow from the evil of a person's heart. Uh, we need to not listen to it. We need to stop it right in its tracks. So now we have worked through deceitful words, gossip and slander. Let me just stop right there. So there's, there's two big areas. Questions. 
that you have, insights that maybe I've overlooked. I want to give you an opportunity. Anyone at all? I mean, I know that's a delightful topic, but... Yes, Lisa? Sure. Amen. Very good. Yes. Yes. Right. Yes. Amen. Good insights. Discernment. Now, what we're talking about is discernment. And this is really just a push the reset button and check. Um, I, I don't believe that we have a lot of trouble with this at Timberlake Baptist Church right now. I'm very grateful for that. I don't think we have a lot of trouble with that here in the class. Um, I, I think when, um, when this does happen, it's unintentional. And, and many times when it does happen, the spirit is bringing conviction and that person is making things right quickly. And uh, so I, I think it's a beautiful, but I don't want you to think that I think it's a massive problem, but I don't want it to be. And, and, and we have to teach the whole counsel of God. One of the beautiful things about re- discipleship relationships, if you're actually in a discipleship relationship, that you can do exactly what Lisa was talking about. So you have one person or two people, and you're being confidential within that group. And the reason to share is because of the need of your own heart to learn, to grow, because you don't know yourself, your own motives. So here's what I'm thinking. Is that right? And so sometimes you have to reveal um, things, but it's in that small group. And do you see where the motivation is different? That, that motivation is because I want to grow and be like Christ, and, and I need somebody to help filter my, my thinking. And so that, that's completely acceptable and understandable. Something, honestly, that um, surely a widow or a widower would need it more than perhaps somebody that's married, but anybody that is, is single in life for whatever the reason, um, all the more important that they're connected in tight with some groups or people where they can have that kind of back-and-forth relationship. Thank you, Lisa, for those insights. Yes, Cameron? Good. Very good. Yep. Yeah. Amen. I like that. Stay in your own lane. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Very good. Thank you, Cameron. Look at number three. Angry words. Why don't you turn over and look at Proverbs 14. We're in here anyhow. Then you can read right from your own uh, Bibles. But look at Proverbs 14. I want to look at Proverbs 14, 19, 29, excuse me, and 30. Um, I have 29 there um, in your handout. So we got angry words. Obviously, angry words come from an angry heart, and that can be a real difficulty. It's a real, a real problem uh, going on. And so look what um, Solomon 
says is he's writing here in Proverbs 29 or Proverbs 14:29 he who is slow to anger has great understanding but he who is quick tempered exalts folly a tranquil heart is a life is life to the body but passion is brokenness of the bones passion comes from uh, a set of Hebrew words that would give the idea of jealousy. In other words, a, a, a passion that raises out of envy, uh, out of jealousy. Um, and, and that could be in a, in a relationship or maybe it's in a, a job situation or maybe it's, in, maybe it's in, in the church. She always gets recognized. He always gets recognized. But it's that, it's that passion that grows out of evil from jealousy and from enviness and from bitterness, uh, uh, bitterness from um, being hurt. And, and so you're, you're speaking out about that. And this is, is what it, it's saying. There's a tranquil life and there is, a, is a, a life of understanding, but then there's those that are full of anger and, the, and they just spout. They, the, the, they, they blow up um, literally. You could look at Ecclesiastes 7.9, and you, you could compare it there. But it's a, it's a significant problem, and it's a significant red flag, and it should be raising a question mark if it's you or if it's somebody in your family or you see somebody with a brother and sister in Christ. It, it's, it's saying, they don't know it, but it's saying, I need help. It's saying, help! It isn't something that anybody should ignore. It almost always is used of man in a negative sense. It's sinful. It's, it's a, a lack of, of self-control. And Yes, we'll get to it when we go to Ephesians. I'm well aware of the fact that in Ephesians chapter 4 it says, Be angry and sin not. Um, and so uh, that clearly is talking about righteous anger. Um, Jesus Christ um, certainly displayed righteous indignation um, several times in his ministry. But this is what I remind myself. Christ is in me. And he's my hope for glory, and I'm being transformed like him. But I want to be really careful if I think that I can go ahead and claim my anger is righteous. I better be really, really careful before, before I say and I assume that, because um, more times than not, in, in man, it isn't. And so let me just put that right uh, on the table now. Uh, look at what it says here as far as a warning in Proverbs twenty two twenty four. I have it in your handout. Do not associate with a man given to anger, or go with a hot-tempered man. I mean, wow, what a strong indictment. Why, why do you think it would say that? Why, would, why do you think that warning would be given? Could be dangerous? Yes, could, could be a dangerous person to be around. Um, I'm sorry? A lot of shrapnel. Absolutely. And the fact of the matter is is that we're influenced by the people we're around, aren't we? And so we have to be, we have to be very, very um, careful. If we're influenced too much by people who are angry, harsh and hard and bitter, I mean, you have to associate anger. And, and I'm not, my point here isn't to teach on anger, because I could take a whole month and do nothing except that. But anger is attached to bitterness. Bitterness is attached to hurt. And hurt is a, 
comes from many different things, but when I'm hurt, I don't respond to it rightly. I don't turn Godward. I turn inward, and I get angry at God, and I get angry at everybody else. That's why the saying is almost, almost always true, hurting people hurt people. And when you see somebody that's angry, it's because they've been hurt down inside, and in that hurt, they're lashing out. And yet God says, revenge is mine, saith the Lord. We're not to be vengeful people. We're to be forgiving people. We're to be kind people. We're to be compassionate people. And, and the word is very clear. And so if we're going to be like Christ, if we're going to be godlike, if we have angry words coming from our sons, our daughters, our husbands, our wives, ourselves, I, I, I need to do a heart check. It's saying, I really need to do a heart check. What's going on in the heart? Look at B, slow to anger. It's a divine trait. It's given by the Spirit because it's like Christ. God's slow to anger. If you were to look there in Numbers and Exodus, both of those, it's God revealing himself. And as he reveals himself, he calls himself, I'm slow to anger. We're all here because God is slow to anger. I think to myself, and I have said to you many, many times, I do not know why God doesn't stamp me out like a bug. Because he's slow to anger. He's gracious. He's long-suffering, wanting that none would perish. Isn't it an amazing thing that God treats us that way? But he calls us to treat others in the same way. So that has to be the, the goal of every believer in our speech, restrained words. That can only come by the power of the Spirit. Look at these Proverbs I have in your handout. 1632, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. 1911, a man's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is for his glory to overlook a transgression. God can handle so many things. I, I don't have to be the one that exacts justice from everybody. To begin with, I can't be a just judge because I don't know everything and my heart's deceived. And so I leave judgment to Christ and I forgive, forgive. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven me. And so that's, that's the call. The New Testament well, let me just say, see, a deep dive into Proverbs. I'm just doing a surface run here, but a deep dive here into Proverbs should make us run for help if we're struggling in this area. I don't run for help. I need it. It's okay. That's what churches are for. That's what we're here for. We're here to help one another grow. If you need help in this area, you need to run and get the help. It's serious. Don't put it off. Ephesians 4.31, you get to the New Testament, it gets much clearer. It says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. I mean, there's just no place for it in our lives, period. Let all. Every word is in there. So are you angry? Do you need help? It's a matter of the heart. Anger is always connected with being a fool. And that's always connected with pride. And I gave you a whole bunch of verses 
there that you could look up and see if that's not true. And so we have angry words. Now we have deceitful flattery. I don't think we need a ton of time on that, but I do want to mention it. Proverbs 26, 28 says, A lying tongue hates those it crushes, and a flattering mouth works ruin. So what is flattery? It's nothing more than an insincere compliment expressed with deceitful motives. It can be excessive praise verbalized in hopes of gaining favor in the eyes of another. It might even be unintentional with no wrong motives, but it's always best to reject flattery and deflect praise. We'll talk more about that when we get on the other side of um, the coin with a positive and, and how do we how do we appropriate praise and encourage uh, others and and so we'll we'll look at that different we'll see if we're going to use the two words flattery and a say a compliment or or a praise now what what is actually the the difference but flattery typically um, focuses on that that's temporal and on the outside um, where a compliment or a praise generally focuses on the grace of God that's on, on the inside. And, um, and, and so, you know, we're, we're careful about that. Um, I, I don't go around telling other women they're beautiful. They may be, but I don't tell them that because that's outside. I, know, I want you to know I tell Judy all the time she's beautiful, but you know it's, the only, it's not the only thing I tell her. Because I don't want my life and my relationship hooked with my wife or with my daughter or with my granddaughters to be hooked on the outside. So I'd spend a little bit of time telling her how gorgeous she is. And by the way, in case you wondered, she is. But what I love most about my wife is what's the heart. It's what Christ has done on the inside. And that's what we should care about one another. And that's how we should speak to one another. It's the matters of the heart. It's what the grace of God is doing on the inside, not what's on the outside. And so there's a, there's a difference there, and it's a fine line, and we need to be careful of it. And, and why do I say we need to stay clear of it? Because look at this downward hill. I want you to see it. Proverbs 29.5 says, A man who flatters his neighbor has spread a net for his feet. 6.24 says, To keep you from an evil woman with a smooth tongue, that means flattery, of the adulteress. If you were to look at 5.3, it says, For the lips of an adulteress drip with honey and smooth, or smoother than oil in her speech. Now, before you make this focus all about women, it's not all about women. It's about adulteresses. This is a, a wisdom book, father being speaking to his son, but it, it, it's also... Flip it. It's just it's it's around the other side too. It be, could be the same thing, the way a woman would flatter a man, and if that continues, um, it it can lead all the way down to the pit of hell. And Proverbs is 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 very clear about that. So I have to be very conscious of my heart and alert. If all of a sudden it seems like somebody just is full of flattery towards you rather than a compliment. Um, Reject it. You know, how, how do you reject it? I, I don't mean you necessarily reject the person, because it could be unintentional. But if, if somebody says to me, um, 
and I'll just give an example because I don't think this would be evil, but I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you put, put legs and feet on, on, on these verses because they're a matter of life or death in the power of the tongue. Somebody says to me, I love your tie, Pastor Brody. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But the, the best way I can check that is to say, my wife picked this out for me. And, and the reason I'm wearing it is because there's this young couple that I wore this in their wedding, and when I wear this tie, I think of them and I pray for them. Uh, do you see how I just twisted that? I took the focus off of me, I took the focus off of the tie, and I, and I put it on grace. Uh, and so you, you could just get so the Spirit of God helps you to do that. That would be how you take and turn and reject flattery. I'm, I'm not meaning when I say that, you, you know, you slap somebody in the puss and say, don't be saying that to me. No, give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Bear with everybody. Love everybody. Everybody's in process. Everybody has to grow. So don't, don't take my words and, and, and get too hard or harsh with them. Let, let the Spirit of God, we're to be kind in all things, and gracious and compassionate, just like, like Christ. And then the last, I don't really need to cover this because that's how we opened. We opened at the very first lesson. So I'll just say unguarded or verbose or long-winded, excessive talking. When there are many words, transgression is unavoidable, and he who restrains his lip is wise. So guard your lips, Proverbs 13.3. The one who guards his mouth preserves his life, and the one who opens it wise, his lips comes to ruin. I, I want to say it this way, so I have it written down there for you. Too much talking and saying too little. Too much talking and saying too little. You know, it's okay to talk, but ask yourself, who's the center of the conversation? Do you have eye trouble? Christ should be the center and circumference of our life. This church, like Bridget Ewer and Jeff talking about today, the, the wonder of this church and Rush before, being, being, Russ, being part of this church and this family, uh, the, the way God is working, uh, the way God has convicted me, the way God has answered my prayer, uh, then it becomes about God. It becomes about his glory rather than, than about me. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to be sober every minute. We do need to be a sober people. The time is short. But we also need to be a delightful people. We need to be a kind people. It's okay to smile. It's okay to laugh. But there needs to be discretion uh, in, in all of that. And so in, in many words, there can be transgression. We'll talk later on about how to become a good listener. Do you know becoming a good listener is a critical part of communication? Learning how to become a good listener. Whether that's an expositional listener as you go into the service in a few minutes. How do I listen expositionally? But how do I listen to brothers and sisters? If the only thing I'm doing when I'm listening is trying to think, when am I going to get a chance to talk and what's the next thing I'm going to say? I'm not a good listener. And so we're going, to, we're going to look at that. Remember, I'm going to be accountable for every word and remember that our words flow from the heart. And that brings us right back where we were. In Proverbs 4.23, watch over your heart with all diligence for from it flows the issues of the springs of life. So we got five of the Things that our tongue speaks when it's not controlled by the spirit, unruly, the negative, the roadblocks to good communications and relationships. So now we can take a couple of 
weeks and, and look at the bridges that will be built and five things that Proverbs say that uh, we can use our tongue in a way that will be a delight and a, and a blessing one to another. So I, I'm looking forward to those two weeks, aren't you? <laughs> Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed.